It's the Sleepers Podcast. It is the day before the national championship. When you're listening to this, it will be the day of the national championship, or maybe the national championship will have already been played. But we are coming off an all-time classic, and we're here to talk about it. Cart, are you still wired? You look wired. I'm wired. Bro, I'm like... <laughs> This is that was a game last night that we're going to speak about for years. Like it's going to be like one of those times, like ten years from now, and I'm chilling with Uncle Greg and my nephew, and I'm just like, you don't, you don't know shit, young bull. Oh, ten years ago, I was watching Jalen Suggs gaming people from half, blocking shots, going coast to coast, throwing bounce passes to Drew Timmy with a handlebar mustache, dunking it, Johnny Juzang going crazy, like. It just an ass like that literally would just encompass like the greatness of March Madness last night. It was such a great game. Hundred percent. This game reminded me of the SNL skit with Bill Hader, where he's I forget what the character's name is, but he's like, "This game had everything," and then he just starts <laughs> listing out things. It's like you just named them all, but like Suggs, handlebar mustache, Johnny motherfucking Juzang. Like, like what? Like Johnny Juzang, like looking up at his family and his brother in the stands, talking about I'm like that. Just like, it was, it was beautiful, man. Yeah. Buzzer beaters, nine for nine on step back twos. Like everything you could possibly want in a college basketball game. You got it. Thrill score to the max. Like the, the old NCAA football game, Pontiac's greatest game score. 1000 out of a thousand on this game. Uh, credit to Gonzaga, credit to UCLA as well. UCLA was for real. Hey, let me be, I already did my whole Pac-12 apologizing thing, but as a team, just personally to UCLA, like there's a lot of things said about them by a lot of people, including me, but like that was one of the greatest runs of all time. Like they're going against Gonzaga, who was one of the better teams of all time. Some people, they are the best team of all time. They aren't, but I mean, like, they went toe-to-toe with them dudes, and they had them on the ropes, honestly. Like, they really did. And, like, them boys hooped all tournament. Even with their Dweeble Dork point guard and Tiger Campbell, they were able to just, like, hoop. And Johnny Juzang had Coach Calipari watching that game, probably. He probably watched this whole tournament sick as hell because he let that dude go. Like, just what a run. If this UCLA team was, like, not UCLA – you know what I mean? If this if this UCLA team was just the Richmond Spiders and had Richmond on their jerseys, like everybody's acting like they're the most fun Cinderella ever. And they were in the play-in game, so I don't feel horrible calling them a Cinderella. Like it's not the program that's a Cinderella. This team was a Cinderella. This team lost four straight to end the regular season. Nobody took them seriously. They could have lost almost every single game along this run, except for the Abilene Christian game. They were they were down to state in the first half. Like it, yeah. like but they also like had individual performances from so many guys like Tiger Campbell's out here taking charges and making stop and pop fallaways. You reminded me of Xavier Simpson during this run. Like Hawkes yeah. was the guy that coached Michigan state for 45 minutes and he had his big moments throughout the run. Obviously Zang. Johnny Juzang. I mean, I hope that man made himself some money off that run. I, I definitely think he did for sure. I mean, just crazy. I mean, and like random guy like Singleton coming off the bench and hitting some big threes in an overtime game. Even Cody Riley playing big when he wasn't fouling, hacking. Like they just had, like they were getting contributions from everywhere and everyone. And Mick Cronin had them prepared. And I've always had the slander for Mick Cronin, but like he did a hell of a job. So a couple couple specific moments that I need to call out. One, UCLA's offense in the half court in overtime was infuriating to me as someone who was loudly rooting for UCLA to win that game. Um, Johnny Juzang didn't touch the ball for three and a half minutes. It didn't appear that they were running any sort of set. I think three consecutive possessions ended in their six foot eight center shooting a catch and shoot long two with half a second left on the shot clock. And credit to Cody Riley, he hit a he couple of them. <laughs> he hit them in the reason. game. But like, I'm just watching this. Like, what? You're not even running the things that made you successful that entire game. Um, Mick Cronin, I I've criticized my whole life. I've said I never believed in Mick Cronin. I'm not scared of Mick Cronin. I still watch these games, and I'm baffled by some of the things he does. Like, but it, but it, hey, but it works. It works. And Jimmy Cotter, one of my good friends, always says he's a, a West Coast guy with a mid coast at, or a Midwest attitude. So 
I, I, I guess that's true. He's tough as nails. Um, I think he, the UCLA program is going to be one to not mess with for the next couple of years. Yeah. And they actually got a really good recruiting class coming in. And uh, because I do, you know, look at high school basketball a lot, be on the lookout next year. They got a five-star coming. I think he's a five-star. His name's Peyton Watson. He's going to be a pro and he is like that. He's really good. He's very good. Uh, If Juzang stays like him and Juzang, that's a crazy wing talent right there. What'd you think of, what'd you think of the sag, not segment sequence at the end of the game in regulation where they secure the defensive rebound. It's a tie game. There's about 15 seconds left. And they basically let Johnny motherfucking Juzang, Johnny Tsunami, walk the ball up the court and really ran the clock down to four seconds or so. And then he ends up driving. Timmy takes the charge. Classic college basketball call. Good play by Timmy. But I, I do you think they should have set something up? Should they have been a little more urgent trying to get to a spot? Do they take a timeout? Or did you like just letting the ball stay in your best player's hands and let him do his thing? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to like flip flop. So I'm going to just stay consistent with what I always say. I'm always a fan of the, just like getting it to your best player and just let, like letting them go. Um, it always seems to me like when you call a timeout, the other coach or the other team can do something They're somehow find a way to keep the ball out of your best player's hands. So like, let's say Cody Riley had it or something like that. Then you call a timeout, but I mean, your best player has it. That's who you want to have the ball in his hands. Uh, Drew Timmy taking a charge. Gotta love college basketball. It's dope. Yes, charge, block, all that. Uh, it was a charge, so it was a good call. God, was it a charge? Because that bro, right God, foot was moving. God forbid, like <laughs> that game would have ended on a on a like a block charge call. Like, um, and they call it a block. Like, it just would have been. I I couldn't do it. It would have ruined the no. whole game for me, to be honest. But uh, you know, I'm a fan of the not calling a timeout. Like, you know, Johnny motherfucking Juzang's got the ball. Let him rock. He's good. I am normally very pro call the timeout, set something up, run a good action, get what you want. But I will never forget the exhilaration of being a fan watching that game and just knowing in my bones that Johnny Juzang was going to walk into a step back jumper and win that game. And I, I loved the confidence from Mick. I loved the fact that it was almost like a surreal moment where he's literally just slowly crossing, walking up the court. And then all of a sudden there's four seconds left. You think he's just going to pull up and hit the shot. He's hit for five rounds now. And I still, I can't believe he drove. I guess they played him to drive and he made a decent read, but man, do I wish he would have just pulled up it some way along the way i literally was i felt like i literally felt like i was watching that in slow motion and like that song that song was going on in the back of my hand like do 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 i'm just waiting for him to pull up for three and i'm just looking at it like and it just goes in i would, i needed like a sidestep three or like a, a mid-range pull up for game like that would have been crazy so we have to talk about gonzaga on the other side uh i was in there's that meme right now of people that like they're naming like musicians on a specific song and there's just people like stepping into bags like they're in their bag is what it's saying like (laughs) i was in my bag on twitter going at gonzaga fans last night i will give i'm patting myself on the back for this i hate gonzaga fans i am an instigator of gonzaga fans i said i want to see you lose i stand by that i want to see you lose i thought last night was going to be the night it certainly felt like it. People have been telling me Gonzaga would beat every team from the last two decades by 15 plus. That's what people are saying on Twitter. I've got some Gonzaga fans who slide in my DMs, who respond to my tweets antagonizing me, who every single game when Gonzaga's beating up on fucking Creighton by 20, they're talking that shit. And they're saying sarcastically, oh, I thought Drew Timmy sucked, right, Twitter? You know what, Cart? They were silent for 45 minutes last night. Silent. And you know who else is silent? That man you just did. Drew Timmy ain't doing that handlebar mustache bullshit when they're in a dogfight against an 11 seed from the play-in game. 
And one, I don't like fake tough guys, Carter. Hey, there's I one, don't like them. There is one thing that Sleepers Media never, ever condones, and it's fake tough guys and front runners. We don't do front runners. Do it. That's what gets your ass sent home. Shout out to the boys in Champagne that have been watching since the first round. That's what happens when you're a front runner and a fake tough guy. We do not support that. Not on this pod. And so and here's also, the thing, Cart. And also to all the fans that are chirping, Greg, just know that Sleeper Media, Sleepers Media is a package deal, and I and I fight. All right, so it's whatever to me. Yeah, okay. you gotta you gotta see my six foot seven friend with a ratchet. If you, got you gotta see me. me. Uh, so here's here's the problem. I would be ready to point a finger as I just did and say Gonzaga is a bunch of fake tough guys, and Destiny's gonna hit them. They're due for a loss. Except Cart. There's one man on that sideline who's not a fake tough guy. There's one man on that sideline who might be the toughest fucking player that I've seen in years, and that's Jalen Suggs. And not only does Jalen Suggs – well, I don't even know if Jalen Suggs talks that shit. He seems like a pretty composed, quiet dude for the most part, but he's a killer. And the sequence last night that everybody remembers is the bank shot, which is incredible and we'll talk about, but the sequence that should be getting everybody's attention – is the tie game, minute 30 left. Cody Riley gets a bounce pass, leading him to a wide-open dunk to take the lead. And Jalen Suggs comes out of nowhere, beats that shit, gets the, the pass off the outlet, throws a one-handed bounce pass through traffic for a Drew Timmy dunk. I just feel like there's – going back to the non-conference, there's been so many times this year – where I've watched a game that might be a little dicey early or something, and then all of a sudden Jalen Suggs does that or some sort of momentum swinging play on both ends. And I I just have a hard time remembering a guy who impacts the game individually the way he does. It's insane. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And I think that you hit the nail on the head with the point where, like, Jalen Suggs, obviously the talent is there. He's super athletic. He's got great vision. His defensive instincts are great. He's, I don't even think his defensive, you know, kind of prowess gets mentioned enough. He's great on that end with steals, blocks, getting the right position. But there's like a, there's no price you can put on a dude when it gets two minutes left in the game and it's a tight game and he wants the ball and he wants to take over games on both ends of the floor. Like there are some dudes who have all the talent in the world, but they're missing like that last two minutes, like that last two minutes or that G that, you know, could get them to the next level. He has that. And he's shown it throughout the year, not just this game, any close game that you see, it's in Jalen Suggs hands. And he's like, all right, fuck it. I'm taking this game over. Like I'm better than everyone here. These dudes can't fuck with me. Basically like that mentality is something that makes him just even more of a killer. Yeah. And he showed, and he showed it, man. Like that was a, that was the biggest game at that point on the biggest stage. And he showed who he showed who he was. The other thing is that he takes over without anybody even really forcing him or telling him to take over. Like he he takes over in a more quiet, natural way than any superstar I can remember. Like it, even down the stretch of that game, I thought Gonzaga should have got the ball in his hands more in the half court. I mean, they were running some possessions where it ends up in Joel Ayayi's hands or Andrew Nemhard's taking the big shot. Like Suggs had those moments, but they really just came within the flow. Mm-hmm. And I almost wonder, and I know like, it's almost like the thing with Michigan this year where the go-to guys, the open guy, they're so balanced. They're so good off the cut moving without the ball. They're all such good passers. They're unselfish, but like, good Lord get the ball to that Jalen Suggs kid. Like just let hey, him rock. Hey, we haven't even seen high usage Suggs. Oh my God. I can't imagine it. I hope, I mean, we're going to see it at the NBA level. Maybe, and I think, can we maybe, talk maybe, about maybe, maybe with a team in Detroit, perhaps. Can we talk about the whole NBA stuff going on right now? Because there's a conversation on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen it of people that are initially saying, look how much money Jalen Suggs made for himself. What a great decision to go to college. Yeah. Okay. Just like, obviously people are bored because there was no hoop on today and like the game's not until tomorrow. Everyone knew about Jalen Suggs coming into this year. Jalen Suggs did not make a name for himself in college. Before the year started, he was a top 10 pick. I'm in between though, because you're right. I don't think anybody should be saying like, oh, these kids need to go to college and play for no money to make themselves a name. That's not true. Jalen Suggs would have been a lottery pick. Like you said, he was on the radar, but also 
Jalen Suggs has worked himself into a spot where people are seriously saying, like, should he be the number one pick? That doesn't happen without what he's done at Gonzaga. That's true. But I just it it just it annoys me. Like people are like, well, look at look at Jalen Green. Like, what has Jalen Green done for himself this year? No one knows who Jalen Green is. Everyone knows who Jalen Green is. Jalen Green has a million followers on Instagram. Like he people know who Jalen Green is. Basically, I just think it needs to stop being like a college basketball versus G League thing. Like people have different paths. Do what you got to do. They're both good. They're both going to be okay. Just it'll be all right. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I'm 100% with you. This is about like do what's best for you, whether yeah. that's really or college. I support it. But also objectively, like Jalen Green talent wise is probably in the same group as Suggs and Mobley. Yeah, and he is. But he's not on boards right now. Like it's right now it's a top three. Right. And I, I'm not saying that's because he went the G League route, but like I just I was surprised to see all the backlash to the initial post of like, oh, did these kids really improve their draft stock? Like, fuck yeah, Suggs improved his draft stock. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obvious that, dude, There, if anything we know about the NCAA tournament is like, you can make a lot of money. Like, if I'm a coach going into, like, my team and I'm looking at, like, guys that are like, I'm like, these next couple games that we're playing, you could literally get yourself set for life. Like yeah. DJ Wilson's a millionaire right now off an NCAA <laughs> tournament run. Also, DJ Wilson didn't play well in that run. Let's uh, let's not use that comparison, please. Sorry, my bad. You know, had to, had to do a little Michigan look. Go, go ahead, but, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, but I'm saying like you could like people make themselves a lot of money in these NCAA tournament games. So, you know, it goes both ways. I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I in sleepers world, Greg. Are you going to college or are you taking that 500K and going to the G League? What do you mean in sleepers world? Like, okay, like me if and I'm you a are, college basketball. Yeah, I'm like a, so me and you are high level recruits. Me and you are high level recruits, and we got a decision. We go in G League or we go in college. I'm going college. Shit. You're going G League? Bro, you better cash my 500K check and kiss my ass. I mean, that's, buy, on, that's on brand for both of us, though. I'll right? buy Rick's. I don't got to go there and go to school. Oh man. See, I'm, I like the pageantry of college basketball. That's my thing. Yeah. I like the pageantry too, but algebra one ain't going to do nothing. Algebra one ain't going to do shit for my draft stock. So cash my check. All right. Well, I'm glad we got through that exercise. Speaking of exercises that we have to get through somebody, Carter Elliott has 35 pancakes to eat and this will be a pay-per-view event. Although we're not actually charging money for it, but you better tune into this. If you're listening to this, there's a time and a place that Carter Elliott will be eating 35 pancakes today, tonight to be exact. All thanks to UCLA. I literally thought I was so confident that these guys were going to win by 10. I literally just threw it out there. Like I would eat five pancakes for every point they win under 10 and they won by three. So that's a seven point difference from 10, seven times five. I got to eat 35 pancakes and I'm going to start at seven 30 Eastern time. Um, and I'm going to, eat until i eat 35 pancakes um so some things have changed you were originally supposed to go to an establishment that was clearly yes. spelled out yeah. i have agreed to allow you to do this at the elliott residence that's that's me compromising here i believe queen meg uh the the queen of the elliott residence may be making the pancakes for you yes she will they will be kodiak cakes uh protein pancakes because i'm you know working on my figure so uh I, I just don't understand. I, I just want people to understand this. Like, yes, I'm six, seven, currently around 260 pounds. I'm a big fella, but I got a small appetite. I think the most pancakes I've ever ate in one sitting is like five pancakes. And I was forcing, like, I don't eat like a giant, like dude, I eat kind of like a small dude, which I don't really understand how that correlates. I should be, you know, snatched, but it is, it is what it is. Uh, 35 pancakes is going to be a lot. Um, it's a lot of pancakes. It's a lot of pancakes. So if anyone has tips, I heard let I heard less syrup is better. Um, but yeah, I I'm gonna be streaming it live. I'll be eating the pancakes. It's gonna happen. Yeah, we it seems to have picked up a little buzz as it should, but we got a lot of responses. I know people have texted you and texted me personally about this. This will be actually happening. Uh, I think well, we're gonna stream it on Instagram probably. Yeah, probably on Instagram. And, and this we'll, is and, we'll and, and this is just a note. The sleepers, we don't lie. Okay. 
we are a pod of our word. And well, we don't lie, but Carter has been prone to back out of some things, which uh, is why we weren't in person for the Jalen Sugg shot of the century. Yeah. And uh, as you can see, we don't lie and we don't let things go ever. So I'll be hearing about that forever. Uh, yeah. and we'll, we'll have a locker room going as well. So uh, as, if you've ever wanted to talk to someone who's eating 35 pancakes, that can happen. You can come clown Carter. We'll make it interactive. And of course, we'll have live video of this as well. Right. And have I will be watching easy. it. I will be eating the pancakes in an area where I can watch the game too. So I might be eating the pancakes during the game. Are you going to be drinking? Been... Are you going to be huh? drinking alcohol during this? Bro, I'm going to eat 35 pancakes deep. I mean, it's National Championship Monday. You're not going to have a drink? What was, I'm, I can't drink beer. I'll be full. Wash it down with something. A little vodka water? Oh, my word. Pancakes and a vodka water? I mean, you could make some sort of syrupy alcoholic drink. Maybe I'm just an alcoholic. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm, I would definitely probably eat more pancakes if I was drunk. Mom, if you're listening to this, I'm not actually an alcoholic. That was a joke. My wonderful mother who listens to most of our episodes is probably pretty <laughs> upset right now. Shout out, Connie. Shout her out. Um, all right. 7.30 Eastern for the Pancake Challenge. Stay tuned. Uh, I feel like we're flying around with this episode before we just get into the Baylor-Gonzaga preview. Um, Baylor beat Houston by a lot. Uh, the game did not play out as we had discussed. It might. It was not a horrible matchup for Baylor. Most importantly to me, though, Baylor looks like pre-COVID pause Baylor. Like they These do. dudes look back to who I thought they were. They do. And I don't know if this is you who said it to me, G, or somebody else, but like, I think people were really overlooking the fact on what Baylor made Houston look like. Like, despite what you, despite what you think, like Houston's run this year and like them not playing really good teams and up in like an NCAA tournament, like statistically has been one of the worst runs up until the final four, like you point. Yeah. That you pointed out, but like they made, they dismantled Houston. Like that, the game was over when it started. Yeah, quiet performance from the greatest showman, Dejan Giroux. Um, don't know if he dedicated the game to anyone or not. Never. Davion Mitchell had that dude in the straight jacket. Davion Mitchell is Baylor's best player. Davion Mitchell is a top 10 pick. Uh, yeah, you can't tell me there's nine better NBA prospects than Davion Mitchell. You could put that dude on the Pistons right now and he'd be our best guard. I think you could put him in the NBA and he'd be the best Mitchell in the NBA. That's a little hot, but he does. He has <laughs> he has so many similarities to Donovan Mitchell. It's absurd. The quick burst off the first step, off the bounce, the number. I mean, the fact that they're both Mitchells wearing forty five seems intentional. Yeah, um, they're both they're both pigeon toed. <laughs> you you don't like Baylor, do you? We haven't talked about this. No, I feel I, love I feel like Baylor. you don't like Baylor for some. I do reason. like you Baylor. Don't respect them. I do like Baylor. Do you think this is a game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, it's a game. Okay, that's all I needed. We'll we'll get into the actual preview of it. That's all I needed. I just was getting vibes that you didn't really truly respect Baylor. No, I really respect Baylor. Okay. I'm getting my wish list. I asked for this game. You did. You asked for this game, and I think uh, if – well, you're two for three on your wish list, and I will become two for three if Baylor beats Gonzaga. So Do they beat, do they beat Gonzaga? We'll get to that. All we'll right, get to right. that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, last, last bit of big news before we get right into the preview – Guest of the pod, friend of the pod, and elite coach, Drew Valentine, is the head coach of the Loyola Ramblers. Per I sources, I guess we should say. Hey. At the time of recording, that's per sources. Per sources, but we're thinking it's going to happen. But, you know, Drew's a good friend of ours. So, like, of course, we're just extremely happy. Like, we, but we're also not surprised. Like, we talked about it on the episode we had with him. Like, his grind and his work ethic is unmatched. So, you know, good things come to people who work hard, and he definitely put in the work. And, you know, also, you know, this uh, might put him on the timeline to coach them boys in green in a couple of years. So, you know, but let's, let's focus on the now. Congratulations to our guy. You know, many things coming, many blessings coming. And, the co- his first podcast was on our pod. So, you know, it's on a, hey, if you get on the sleepers episodes, good things come afterwards. Matt Costello's been hooping. Oh shit. I was not my mic. <laughs> but Hey, you get on sleepers and good things happen. Just saying. It's true. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just so happy for drew. The man is an absolute superstar at what he does. And I know people that know, and people that have been paying attention to Loyola know that it's about time. Everybody in America knows that 
Uh, youngest coach in the country by about six years. Incredible. Um, like you said, we know him personally. We've seen it up close and personal how good of a person he is, how hard he works. So cannot congratulate him enough. And a uh, little, little personal moment here. I think back to, uh, well, I'll just, for everybody listening to this, Drew's wife, Taylor, it was the maid of honor in my wife's, well, in my wedding. Um, so that's the personal connection with Drew. We've been close, the four of us, for, for many years. Um, and there was a night, we were probably college age at this time. Drew was a GA at Michigan State at the time. And we were just drinking, the four of us, and got in one of those classic emotional drinking nights. And I remember very specifically just talking like, like, I don't know, like we're, we're going to be friends. We're going to be family for life. Like, what do you think our lives are going to look like 10, 20 years from now? Like, what are our dreams? And Drew was just like, I'm, I mean, I'm going to be a coach. Like I'm going to be a head coach someday. And the fact that he's gotten there so quickly um, to even have the success he's had is just like, I get chills just thinking about it. Um, this is only the start of what could truly go down as one of the greatest coaching careers ever. The pace that he's on has been unmatched. Um, and like you said, he he's put himself in a spot where I don't know that there's going to be anybody the Spartans want more than him in a couple of years. So thanks. Oh, congrats. To our, congrats to our guy, man. More Loy. I don't got to throw away the, the Loyola gear for a couple of years too. Thank God. And also oh, let me, let me put a little, uh, little bug out there. This, I have no source on this. This has not come from anybody that I'm connected with at all. This is from this brain and this heart only. I want to see Adam Miller at Loyola. That man, uh, supposedly Adam Miller transferred because he wants the ball in his hands. He wants to be showcased as a superstar. He's from Chicago. Hey, tell me about it. Hey, Braden, Braden Norris and Adam Miller sounds fun to me. That sounds fun to me. Sign me up. Um, More Loy. Let's do a word from our sponsors and then we'll get into Baylor Gonzaga preview. You know, I'm really sick of just saying this every single time, folks. But the Locker Room app is the app to be on. It is free. It is easy. It's easy to use. I mean, you can hop on it from time to time. I can hop on right now. We got a couple rooms going on right now. We got an NBA room. We got a, a championship preview room. We got a let's see, Kanye versus Drake room on here. I mean, there's all types of rooms. It's a great app to connect with sports personalities, other sports fans. They have athletes on there. I've talked to James Wiseman on the app. Uh, Andre Iguodala has been on there. Udonis Haslam. I mean, the list goes on and on. The app is free to download. Um, you know, and you can pop in and start conversations whenever you want. And Locker Room has been growing like crazy over these past couple months. So get on it now. And you can listen to the sleepers on it. So I don't know what you're waiting for. I've been trying to tell you all since we started this. Download the app. Carter, I love you. And that was a 10 out of 10 ad read. But I also just opened my Locker Room app. And none of the rooms you said are actual rooms. Those were straight up lies. Oh, what the fuck? What's wrong with you? I'm blowing you up. There are some great rooms coming right now. Oh. We got we got we got Ant Wright hosting uh, just an AMA room right now. It looks like there's about 50 people in it. We got a women in wrestling room going on with also about 30 people in it. We have a general NBA craziness room. Uh, come in, start your rooms tomorrow. There's going to be a room about a man eating 35 pancakes an hour before the NCAA championship game. Tips, uh, locker room. If you are listening to this and you don't already have your own podcast and you don't get in front of a microphone very much, why not? Why aren't you doing that? It's not hard. It's not hard to do what Carter and I are doing. Well, maybe sometimes it is. I don't know. Are we good at what we do? First of all, it's very hard to listen to you. That's, That's true. Just get the locker room app because Carter said to, not because I said to. <laughs> okay, back to the show. Uh, I I'm sorry. Are you upset with me for blowing up your ad read there? No, I don't know. Just I mean, you know you, when you it, said we don't lie. You said we're not. We lying. don't. But like when it, it when it's your ad read, like I don't say anything. I just listen and let the ad be read. Like no one asked you to be a critic. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Damn. I apologize. Get it out. Go ahead. Right. I'm good. Good. Back. Good. Good, good. We're back. All right. We uh, we want to go through a list that we've made of the 10 most important factors 
in the national championship game. A factor could be a player. It could be a coach. It could be a matchup. It could be an intangible thing. It could be anything. Um, so we're, we're going to get into that before we get right into that though, Carter, should we just do like some general thoughts on the matchup between these two teams? Yeah. Uh, you want me to go first? Sure. So I'm, uh, there's been buzz the past couple of days of the fact that this is one of the greatest matchups in decades. I think this is the first time two teams that have been ranked in the top three for an entire season are meeting since like some game in the sixties. It's the first time there's been uh, two teams that combined for five AP All-Americans in the national title game since that Illinois-North Carolina game from 2005. So this is as good of a game as you can possibly get if you are a college basketball fan that truly just loves the sport. You've been begging for this. You wanted to see this happen. So it's great that we get to see it happen. Um, I think it scares me a little that Gonzaga had their scare the game before this as much as i've clowned gonzaga uh i think there's something psychological that builds when you're an undefeated team and i think pressure mounts i think you've seen that with teams that have lost a game a little too early in some of these runs that have been good enough to go undefeated and i really don't or at least i didn't see a situation where gonzaga would be taken to the wire in back-to-back games uh, the fact that they survived that UCLA game scares me as someone who's actively rooting against Gonzaga. I think they're going to be locked in. I think they're going to give their best performance. I think they're going to throw punches. And if that happens, there's a very good chance Gonzaga wins this game and maybe even runs away with this game. However, I've said all year, this is not a one versus two. This is a one a versus one B. I believe this Baylor team, when they play their best, is the best team in the country. I stand by that. I stand by that. You're saying Gonzaga playing at their best and Baylor playing at the best. You're picking Baylor. If Gonzaga plays their best in this game, which I think they will, and Baylor plays their best, which I know they have to, to beat Gonzaga, I'm taking Baylor. Um and this is such a monologue that Carter's yawning as I do this. So I should probably wrap it up quickly, but yeah, I, I think Baylor is the best team in the country. I think they proved that 84 79 is my pick for the score. Uh, and we can get into why in a little bit, but give uh give your preview for this game. Yeah. I mean, I'm just happy we got like, this is what I've been asking for. So I think a lot of people have been asking for it. So like you said, you know, two of the best, I think the two best teams of the country who are on par, they are my 1A, 1B. Uh, you got matchups all over the floor that are fun. You know, Davion Mitchell versus Suggs is going to be great. You got Butler, Kispert. I mean, there's all types of talent on both these teams. And, you know, I just want to see a good game, to be honest. I don't want to blow out or anything like that. My ideal game would be Gonzaga playing their best, Baylor playing their best, Whoever gets it done on that day gets it done. Um, I do disagree with you. I think that if Gonzaga plays their best and Baylor plays their best, I'm still giving the edge to Gonzaga, which is – and I'm also going with Gonzaga in this game. But anybody who thinks that this game is going to be close and Baylor is not going to show up is just out of their mind and, frankly, wrong. So, you know, Baylor's a very talented team. Like Davion Mitchell, Butler, Flagler, Macy Oteague, Mayer – I mean, the list goes on and on. Jonathan, Chua, Vital, all them, like, dudes are hooping. Like, they got, this is a really, really good team. And we got Few versus Drew. So, not my a great Drew. game. Not my People, Drew. Hashtag. Not, hashtag not my Drew. But we need this game. We've been asking for this game, so I'm very excited. And I'm going to be watching it on a full stomach after 35 pancakes. <laughs> or during pancakes, hopefully during. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think the big winners are just basketball fans in general. Um, I, as I'm thinking through the various ways this game could play out, like while I think Baylor truly is the best team, if they play their best, I don't envision a scenario where Baylor could ever possibly blow Gonzaga out. I do envision a scenario where Baylor lays an egg and Gonzaga pulls away. Um, I, that wouldn't shock me at all. Like I said, I, I, I don't see Gonzaga playing two dicey games in a row. I also don't think Gonzaga played poorly against UCLA, though. I just think a UCLA team went toe-to-toe with them, hit tough shots, and yeah. proved that Gonzaga, even when they play well, can be in a one-possession game down the stretch. 
Um, Baylor, let's make no mistake. Baylor is way better than UCLA. Baylor is way better than any team Gonzaga's played all year. Gonzaga's obviously way better than any team Baylor's played all year. Um, but th- this is a game I expect to be close. And I think the biggest difference in my mind, and I know the numbers don't necessarily back this up, but I don't think Gonzaga really guards for 40 minutes. I think they guard for stretches. I think they can be an elite defensive team for a four minute stretch. I think they rely on their offense to just bail them out of possessions that guys take off. I think they let Johnny Juzang get to whatever spot he wanted on the floor for an entire night. Um, And I think when I envisioned these Baylor guards, specifically Davion Mitchell going up against these Gonzaga guards and wings that consistently allow dribble penetration, I see that leaning Baylor's direction quite a bit. And I think on the flip side, Baylor not going to give Gonzaga wide open shots. Gonzaga is still going to get their shots because they're so unselfish. They're so good moving without the ball, but they're going to have to work for it harder than they have in any game all season. True. And this is the thing. And this might be wildly in Gonzaga. Um, I'm not saying Baylor is not a deep team, but the fact of the matter is like Gonzaga's winning these games. We're bringing up all these guys like Suggs, Timmy, and we're like, even after that, like you have the WCC player of the year and Corey Kispert and a first team All-American who just kind of gets, is an afterthought sometimes. Um, mainly because I think in these last couple of games, he hasn't played kind of up to his level, except for the, that dunk in that last game was disgusting. But uh, like, they're just so deep. And like, if those three guys aren't stepping up, then you're bringing in like a Nebhard or an Ayayi. And then they're getting contributions off the bench from like Anton Watson. And it's just, they they're just really talented and it seems like if one guy's down there's a guy there to pick them up i've yet to see a game where they're not getting contributions from like you know basically their whole starting lineup like it doesn't really happen so uh you know i just think that they're the better team um and that's no disrespect to baylor because i think baylor's a great team um it's just if i'm giving the edge to somebody i think it's gonzaga in this situation do you think there's any sort of intangible edge mentally to the team that is the quote-unquote underdog in this game i think there's definitely i think baylor definitely has an advantage in this game as the underdog like i feel like they're taking the whole like you guys really got us fucked up like you're disrespecting us like we were one of the best teams in the country all year and And here's the thing baylor let's go even back a calendar year with with covid last year that canceled it baylor was the best team in the country by a long shot last year and it was pretty much this entire roster Uh, they weren't better than michigan state well (laughs) that's i swear i wasn't trying to even poke fun there i don't want to go down that rabbit hole but i mean they lost they lost their center Freddie Gillespie and they bring everybody back from a team that I truly believe was the best team in the country. I think they've been waiting for a game like this really for two years. Um, I think there's no pressure on them. I think they've probably heard from everyone is Gonzaga, the greatest team of all time. And look, I'll even say this as much as I push back on it. If Gonzaga wins this game at all, or let alone wins it convincingly, they have a claim to the greatest team ever. They really do. Yeah. So there's a lot on the line. And in times where there's a lot on the line, sometimes I think that swings it mentally to the underdog. Hey, you know who doesn't, you know, who doesn't feel any pressure though when the game's on the line. Jalen motherfucking Jalen motherfucking sucks. All right. Jalen sucks. The Jersey was ordered last night. I sent you the link by the way. Yeah. I ordered it too. We we should, we should just tweet that out for everybody. Everybody get yourself a Jalen sucks Jersey. Get your, And, and, and by the way, Jersey matchup wise, those white zags are fire. They're nice. I, I won't go farther than that. They're nice. They're fine. I think the old school Gonzagas with like the, the stripe through the number were my favorite. Yeah, those are fire. Those are fire. Uh, also, I tweeted this out, but I'm curious what you think of this. I think this Baylor team reminds me a lot of the 2010 Michigan State team. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not even trying to. No, like, I was it, laughing it, at uh, the because you asked you asked me this last night. Oh, your response. Yeah, but no, it really does though. Are we going to talk about your response now? That no, we're, we're not. No, we're not. Well, <laughs> we're I not. I tweeted out what his response was, but I blurred out his name. 
you probably haven't seen that but I you did, did i tweeted it and said somebody from the group chat responded oh wow okay <laughs> no nobody liked it for a reason uh yeah they shouldn't have but uh yeah no but besides that point like yes there are a lot of similarities between those teams i feel like Okay, big fella needs some coffee over here. Yeah, sorry, man. A lot of Easter, a lot of bunnies, a lot of candy and whatnot, but it happens. All right, let's get into our list of 10. Uh, the 10 most important factors that could decide this game. We'll start at the bottom and we'll work our way to number one. Number 10, Matthew Mayer. Dude just does it all and willingly wears a mullet in 2021. He has to be a factor. Most fun off the bench variable guy in the country, I think. Like, is could it Matthew is it, Mayer be is a it, superstar? Is it messed up to say that I think like Matthew Mayer is a pro? That's what I'm saying. Like, couldn't Matthew Mayer like be an all Big Ten player on a really good team right now? But he's just like is an afterthought because this Baylor team is so good. Yeah, I think so. I really do. He has a skill set. Like, he does it all. He's a superstar, man. Like, he just comes in the game, and if you don't know who he is, you're going to see this dude take some crazy spin around, fade away, and he's going to hit it, and it's just what he does. He's a six-foot-eight guard with a mop top. Yeah, Chandler Parsons with a mullet. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Matthew Mayer swung this game. I really wouldn't, and that sounds crazy to say. But he could come off the bench, have 24, Dante DiVincenzo-style, and all of a sudden, Baylor's Hey, it's not a championship game unless you have an unexpected performance from a white guy. Oh, white guy. And shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out, Spike also on the pod. Part of the pod. Uh, isn't that that's probably what did some Michigan State teams in, in the past was they didn't have a big performance from an unassuming white person. Yeah, we had underperformances from the the Israeli league legend Ben Carter. No comment. All right, moving on to number nine, uh, foul trouble stripes for the love of god just let the boys play man do not ruin this game dude just don't do it okay that's all i gotta say i thought the officials did a decent job in the last game and in the tournament in general i don't think there's been too many games that have been eye-openingly terrible however you could say the ucla gonzaga game was decided by a hook and hold you could. It's a stretch. It's a reach, but good. <laughs> it's a reach, but let's. I just don't. Want, I don't want anything left up to chance, and I don't want stripes to be made themselves known. It's not about you guys. Everybody pray that nobody pokes a Gonzaga player in this game. Otherwise, there will be a flagrant. Oh two. my god, Gonzaga <laughs> Twitter! Dude, dude, you really don't let shit go. I don't let it go, dude. I just. I have a list. I literally have a list in my phone of the Gonzaga Twitter base members who piss me off. <laughs> and I'm here to take names and I hope there's a day of reckoning. There probably won't be, but man, they're trust me. They're not going to like the refs. If Gonzaga's in a tight game, if they're up 25, they'll talk about how great they are. Um, all right. Number eight, this is a, an interesting one to describe, but the dynamics of who has the ball or who takes the shot between Butler and Mitchell for Baylor? That's big, and I'll give G credit on this one because we already talked about it. With Gonzaga, it's it sucks. Like, right? It should be, but I like even down the stretch, it's the open guy. Yeah, I mean, and See, the I thing is, like, who is, is it? Is it Mitchell or is it Butler? Because to me, even though I think Davion Mitchell is. Baylor's let's say best most important player are do are you really taking the ball out of Jared Butler's hands at the end of a game I am I am and that's no disrespect to Jared Butler I know he's an all-american I know he's a big-time shot maker I think he has a big shot coming in this game but I think the reason this is on the list, and uh, spoiler alert, we don't have a guy versus a guy thing on this list from Gonzaga. But the reason for that is that I think no matter what Gonzaga is trying to do down the stretch, realistically, they're just running a little motion offense, finding the best matchup, and any one of their five guys is going to get a good shot. Like that's the Gonzaga offense. That's the Gonzaga way. Baylor, while also very unselfish, if they're in a tight game down the stretch, they're going to pick a guy. That's what Baylor does. They mm -hmm. like Gonzaga's not going to do that necessarily. Baylor is going to put the ball in one of these two's hands and say, go win the game. 
And I'm going to be really curious to see who that is. And I'm not even saying it's a wrong answer of who it should be, but I feel real confident. No one on that Gonzaga side, even Jalen Suggs can stay in front of Davion Mitchell. I'm not mad at that. Also, I hope that this question can be answered because if it is answered, that means that tomorrow's going to be a good game and a close great one. Great so. game. Great game. All right, mm-hmm. moving on to number seven, few versus Drew. Hey, great coaches make adjustments in game. Great coaches come prepared. Part of being a great basketball team is having a great coaching staff and a great coach that puts you in positions to win and be the best you can be. So that's got to be it. That's got to be a matchup in this game. I'm interested to see you know, kind of what Baylor does defensively. I've seen a couple teams play Gonzaga differently, kind of a, you know, take Timmy away. Let's see, make I make AI beat us, you know, things like that. So I'm interested to see kind of what, you know, they throw at Baylor and likewise for Gonzaga, what they do, you know, against a team, you know, that has the guard play that Baylor does. So it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup and it's two great coaches going at it. So are we sure it's two great coaches? I, it's two great coaches. Yes. Really? Yes. One final four for Scott Drew is enough. Yes. Say he's a great coach. Yeah. I'm shit. You say Juwan's a great coach and he has no final fours. Touche. <laughs> Give me that. Uh, but at, at the very least, we have to agree Mark Few has the edge here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. Number six. I'm pretty upset you just got me with that whole Juwan thing, but whatever. Uh, number six. Corey Kispert. First team All-American, WCC player of the year. Hasn't hasn't necessarily played up to his level, I think, in this tournament yet. And that's that's not an indictment of the way he's played. That's a credit to how good he is. Yes. Yeah. Like he's had he's had average Corey Kispert games. So, you know, which would be great on Wagner games. Look, odds that fraud. I'm not. I'm not letting that go, man. Airball, airball. Oh, all right. Look, if Sorry. I'm gonna, if I'm gonna make self-deprecating Michigan jokes, you can't. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, that's that. that's not fair. I even agree with that. But yeah, like, like I said earlier, it seems like this tournament, it's kind of been Timmy Suggs and like Kispert's been an afterthought. But like this dude can get it done. Like Kispert's a pro. He's a lottery pick. I think in a lot of drafts that I've seen. But, uh, yeah, he has the ability to have a really big game. And I think, like, him having a really good game is going to be a factor for Gonzaga. Uh, one might even say that these games have been close these past couple games. It's because Kispert hasn't played up to the level I think he can. So, yeah. uh, you know, biggest game of his career up to this point, last game of his college career, unless he really wants to use a year again for the COVID. So let's see how he's trying to go out. Kispert had 23 points against Norfolk State, and then he's been in uh, the teens every game since then, uh, which, again, is not bad, but he hasn't had the 20-point explosion, like eight for 12 from the floor shooting night that he's very capable of. of. I agree that Kispert, if there was one guy from Gonzaga that I think is due for a game like that, it's Corey Kispert. Um, And also, it'll be curious to see who and how they guard Kispert from the Baylor side, like I'd assume they're going to put uh, Mitchell on Suggs. I would assume Butler is on Nemhard, maybe, or vice versa. Maybe those two flip, but like I f- Baylor plays we, so many small guards that there's going to be. You a, think they'll go, you think they'll go vital on Kispert? Uh, that's dicey. I, I wouldn't want vital chasing shooters. Either would I. So that's, I mean, that's like I said, coaching. They're going to, they're more likely than not, they're going to have a very small guard chasing Corey Kispert, which will be really interesting. Which could end badly. Or maybe goodly? <laughs> Positively? Perhaps. The whole, like, that, the whole put Yogi Ferrell on Nick Stauskas and just get in his shorts. Like, does that apply to all 6'6 white shooters? Uh, I mean, Stauskas ain't Kispert. Sorry, I'm not going to disrespect college Nick Stauskas. Sorry. Uh, yeah, are we? Do we really want to say that? No, I don't want to if do you, that. If, if, okay, if you were given the opportunity as a Gonzaga fan, if you're trying to have Gonzaga win this game, would you replace this year's Corey Kisper with sophomore year Nick Stauskas? Yeah. Okay. I really have Stauskas. Stauskas is one of the baddest MFers in college basketball. Yeah, he was different. And for me personally, he talked that shit too. So I was like, hey. Hey. 
Some okay. some have said we're gonna do a whole episode at some point this offseason about the definition of a DAWG dog. And uh some have claimed Nick Stauskas a dog. Facts was a dog. All right, moving on to number five, most no, important factors. No, not. Most important. Well, don't say that. We're trying to get him on the show, man. We've had a good hit rate with white Michigan players. Let them stay <laughs> out there. Uh, number five, most important factors that could decide this game. Drew Timmy's handlebar mustache. Don't be a front runner and don't be a fake tough guy, my dog. We'll agree that if if Drew Timmy is dunking and rubbing and then hands up, that can only mean Gonzaga's running away with the game. Can we discuss how also that is so cheese? Like that's not like that is like it's not cool. Like you you celebrating like you went to Gonzaga. So a lot of people from the Twitter mentions last night were all over like Drew Timmy should have just gone to Duke. He's easily like just a hateable Leitner, like Grayson Allen, JJ Redick type. And like, I think I'm agreeing with that at this point. Like he, if he didn't go to Gonzaga, wouldn't everybody just despise this man? Yeah, probably. And I like, look, I, naturally I'm predisposed to like Gonzaga teams. That's my problem. I own multiple Gonzaga articles of clothing. I have rooted for Gonzaga about every single year possible up to this, but like drew Timmy is a big part of why I do not like this team. See, but I, I love drew Timmy. I love drew Timmy's game. I love his game. I mean, he's a better Mitch McGarry that isn't high during (laughs) games like that. That's an awesome basketball player, but like, He's just such a prick, isn't he? Yeah, it's just like this. It's just kind of cheese. Like this is lame. Like the handlebar, like mustache. I think is lame for one. It's just like him just trying to do it, and then like the the celebration is like not cool. <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't know. I'm. I'm just. I'm at a loss. But like, I legitimately like if if Timmy's mustache plays a role in this title game, Gonzaga's gonna blow Baylor out. Because he only goes to that if they're hot. And that's why and, and that's why it's so high on the factors list. All right, moving on to number four on the factors list. Just Drew Timmy. <laughs> Not the mustache, just Drew Timmy. It, I mean, he's been the I would say he's been the best Gonzaga player throughout the tournament. Best player. Yeah. I think he's been the I think he's been the best player as a whole throughout the tournament. I mean, he was named most outstanding player of the region. Um, he's been playing extremely well. And I think that he has been playing different kind of bigs in every game. Like he hasn't really played like bigs, like Baylor's bigs. I think Baylor's bigs are undersized, but they're tough as shit and they don't back down from anybody. And I don't really know if Drew Timmy has played a center like that. Now this is probably going to come back to bite us because we said the same thing about Evan Mobley and he had that boy in the gulag. Well, I have a question for you because I, you know I'm as high on Evan Mobley as one can be. I've said he should be the number one pick over Cade without question. Uh, I didn't realize Jalen Suggs was maybe working into that spot, but that's for another day. But what you just said about Baylor's bigs, they're undersized and they're tough as shit. Is that not the maybe exact opposite of the Evan Mobley we got in that USC Gonzaga game? Because I Evan Mobley in that game, was not tough as shit. Evan Mobley was oversized, and I would say soft as shit yeah. in that game. Yeah. I mean, he he was not the man he was that whole season. And give Drew Timmy a lot of credit for that. But like you said, this Baylor group of bigs poses a much different problem. Definitely. And I can't really point to any bigs that he's played this year that are like that. Um, so Matt no. Harms isn't doing it for you? No. No, seventy. These dudes aren't seven foot, seven feet tall with comb overs. All right, they're six eight, and they don't take no shit. Like they, they're mobile enough to keep up with Drew Timmy. They're not slow. They're not slouches. They have the foot speed to keep up with him. They're gonna take the challenge. They're gonna accept the challenge of guarding Drew Timmy. So you know it's gonna be a. I I could easily see them trying to quote unquote punk or bitch Drew Timmy, and he can't let that happen, or it's not gonna be good for Gonzaga. There's going to be at least one moment in this game where Mark Vital and Drew Timmy have a little altercation, isn't there? There has There's going to be a tech in this game. There, I'm just picturing, like, if Drew Timmy even thinks about looking at a camera and rubbing his facial hair, he's getting hit. 
by somebody. Yeah. Like that, these dudes are tough and they're not going to take that shit. Right. Facts. But even if they're not going to take that shit, Drew Timmy might give them that shit. He because might. Because what he did to Evan Mobley should be illegal in 50 states. Yes. It was, that was a clinic. A clinic. So we'll see. If Drew Timmy, I mean, if Drew Timmy does what he's capable of, he's probably most outstanding player of the Final Four. Um, although I don't know how you don't give that to Suggs after the shot he hit, but most outstanding player of the tournament, probably Drew Timmy. Mm-hmm. Number three on the list. Other guys. There's a, there's a, there's other guys in this game. We had the stars, but then you had the flagglers. You have the Chichuas. You had the Thambas. You had the Matthew Mayers. You had the flag. I already said flagler, didn't I? Macy Oteague. You have Macy Oteague. There's a lot of these are very talented and deep teams. And not just on the Baylor side. I mean, I'm going to name two starters, but Ai Andrew Nemhard, right? Maybe Anton Watson. Maybe am I crazy for saying this? Aaron Cook. <sighs> And Aaron, like they, there's talent. This is this is a tailor-made game for a unexpected performance from somebody. Like this we, is made. We see it all the time. We see it all the time. And it's this popped in my head when we were talking about Gonzaga's run. But it reminds me back to my Michigan fan ways of the 2013 run, where it seemed like every step of the way there was a highlight real game for a different guy, like. You had the Nick Stauskas game where he reigns in six first-half threes. You had the Trey Burke game where he single-handedly put the team on his back. You had the Mitch McGarry game against VCU where he broke out with 27 and 15 and was leading the point as a center. Like, individual guys had their games. We've had the Drew Timmy game. We've had the Jalen Suggs game. You could probably say the Norfolk State game was the Corey Kispert game with how his first half was. Mm -hmm. In the title, weird guys often have their game. And the, I don't know who that's going to be. Never game. There, I'm just saying, Gonzaga's got dudes. Baylor's got dudes. Like it, it's not going to surprise me at all if Adam Flagler ends up with like 25 in this game. And I would not be surprised at all. Not at all. And I think uh, I'll say this definitively: someone for one of these two teams will have that game. And I would bet strongly the person, like the team whose person does that, is the team that wins the game. You heard it here first. We will review that fact. But I can see it. All right, number two. We have two left. If you're if you're playing at home and you're listening to this, please get your guesses in on what these two factors will be. Uh, you want to say what number two is? No, because I forgot. <laughs> I was wondering if you you know number one at least. We'll let you unveil number one. Yeah, I'll unveil number one. Okay, number two is Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell, the best guard on Baylor. Davion Mitchell should be a top 10 pick. Greg's been saying it. I've been saying it. And the world will see. The world will see. Davion Mitchell's a bad man. Bad man. Like, crazy. Defense is stupid. Like, passing ability. Last game, he had, like, 12 assists, zero turnovers. You don't got to worry about him turning the ball over. He's knocking down shots. He's competitive as shit. He takes everything personally. If you don't think that Davion Mitchell right now is just like in his room, like just saying, I'm about to lock Sug shit up tomorrow, you're crazy. He's probably like, he's probably like that Spider Man meme. He's probably laying in the bed, like looking at a picture of Sug, like, I'm about to fuck this dude up tomorrow. <laughs> like, I'm about to have him on clamps. Like, none of this is happening. For like, for real, though. Like, yeah. he he's just a bad man. His first step is incredible. He's so skilled. When he gets hot, the jumpers start falling, the fadeaways, the off balance shots start falling, the floaters. Um, I think, I think you're going to see Mitchell, like I said earlier, the biggest X factor, maybe mismatch that swings this game is that I don't think anyone on Gonzaga stays in front of Davion Mitchell. I just don't, I don't know who that would be and I don't see it happening. And I think Davion Mitchell is going to have to feast. I think Baylor is going to make that a huge part of their game plan. Uh, and like you said, it's time the world notices this man to a level that people aren't right now because he's not a consensus lottery pick. He's not, I don't think anyone that watches Baylor significantly would say he's their best player. Like people are just starting to say, okay, he's on Jared Butler's level. Um, but he, he has that type of impact. I think you could say this about every guy in the starting lineup for both teams, but like if you put Davion Mitchell on Michigan state or not even picking on your team, but like put him on Wisconsin, put him on Northwestern, like, what does he end up with? He averages like 27, right? 
Oh, you disrespectful son of a bitch. Did you just put us in the same cat? What, what is wrong with you? You thought I was going to let that put go? Him, put him on Iowa. Put him on, I just named I named two teams that beat you this year. What am I supposed to do? Did you even you didn't even beat Northwestern once this year, did you? Shut up. So what am I supposed to do? That's disrespectful to say teams that were 3 and 0 against you this year were you, you just didn't have you didn't have to do it. That's the thing. You went out of your way to do it. You got me earlier and here we are. All right. Well, you know, I just don't want a whole episode of us one upping each other. It's a little childish if I don't say so. Well, maybe I'll just have to eat 36 pancakes tomorrow. <laughs> Go ahead, please be my guest. Um Davion Mitchell. It is. <laughs> I'm having a hard time even coming back to this. Let's just go I'm to bad. number hey, one. Let's, let's go to number one. one. Let's go to number one. Unveil it. Easily. Easy. The consensus number one. Me and G didn't have any trouble picking this. It's Jalen Suggs. It's the top three pick. It's the maybe contention for number one pick. It's the best player between both teams. He is the guy. He had his moment last game. How does he follow it up? He's going to be huge in this game on both ends because I could see them putting Suggs on Davion Mitchell. So we could really get a lot of Davion Mitchell versus Suggs, I think, in this game. And that's what – I mean, I would love that. So, you know, it's the best player in this game, the best NBA draft prospect in this game, going at it. Like, this is this is going to be his game, his moment. He loves the big moments. He loves the big games. We've seen that. And this is the biggest game of his college career right here. So, got to see what he's going to do. And I think he's going to step up. I mean, he's going to he's going to do what he does. He's not done yet. And yeah, no. I it's it's like we've been saying all year. The the most special thing about this special Gonzaga team is that they have a guy like Suggs that when that moment arises, you just know he turns it up and he gets it done. He's done it back to the big non-conference games they had this year. He has been the guy that makes that play that changes the game. Uh, I think there's something special, obviously, about Suggs after the shot he hit. But I think, like, if there's a clutch moment needed, he's going to do it again. Like, he just is. That's the baddest man on the court. That's the best player on the court. Uh, And this will be his last game in college. And we should all savor it and enjoy it and hope that the ball's in his hands with uh, a game-deciding play on the line. We need it. Streets need it. Uh, Last question for you I have on Jalen Suggs. If the Pistons were so lucky to land the number one pick in this draft, really, who do you want as a Piston? Cade Cunningham. You personally, not like what's the right decision for the team. Who, If you had to close your eyes and say who will make the Pistons the best team and be the best pro on the Pistons five, ten years from now, your answer is Cade Cunningham? Mm-hmm. My answer is Jalen Suggs without question. Without question, not close. And I don't, I'm not saying Jalen Suggs should be the runaway number one pick. I still got to process what that means for (laughs) all the teams and everything. But like, if I'm closing my eyes and saying, who do I want as a piston the most? No questions, Jalen Suggs. Yeah. I mean, not mad at that. Uh, I think that's a reflection on how good this draft class is, but uh, no, still cage for me. If Jalen Suggs and Killian Hayes played one-on-one today, what happens? Uh, Killian hurts his hip. <laughs> Congrats to Killian Hayes, by the way, on a fantastic return to play. Zero points in 20 minutes. 0 for 3 from the floor. Uh, great to see you back to full health and can only hope that we get thousands of more games where you go 0 for from the field. So Jesus. We need nice fans. things. Pistons, and, uh, man. Sorry, we'll we'll do some off-season stuff on Pistons fans, but stop defending bad players, please. Hey, literally, if he's if he's sucking, to so say he sucks. I'm not saying he's a bust as a player. We're saying he's playing basketball games right now and he's sucking because he is. So imagine I've been warning that this might happen, but imagine we end up with the number three pick, and we're scared off to take Jalen Suggs because of Killian Hayes. That is my greatest fear. My greatest fear is that we draft Jalen Johnson from Duke. Watch us do that at the number three spot while Jalen Suggs is available. That's fine. We, I will not we have watch. our guard of the future. I will not watch one more game if Jalen Johnson dons the Motor City jerseys. Let's just pray. Pray it doesn't happen. All right. Uh, so let's go final prediction mode, I guess. Baylor, Gonzaga, before you give me yours, I just want to say – 
I do win multiple bracket pools if Baylor beats Gonzaga. That's not – I my bracket was not great. I had, I think, three of the Elite Eight teams right. It was all in all horrible. But I nailed that this would be the title game. And from day one, I've had Baylor beating Gonzaga. It's good for you. But in my bracket, that was shitty. Um, I had Gonzaga beating Baylor. So I'm sticking with that. I'm going to say Gonzaga wins 89 to – I'm going to say 89 to 80. High-scoring game. Yep. Do you think that's a like a pull-away down the stretch game? or is Yeah, it I think it's like a closed game, and then like it they start fouling at the end, things like that. And get, but it's going to be close the whole game. So like 80, 87, 80, 89, 80, something like that. Okay. I'm going Baylor 84-79. And I think it's a tie game with two minutes left. And we see what happens. I need that. We need it so bad. And I hope Carter finishes his 33rd pancake with two minutes left. That would be elite. That would be elite. Uh, Again, get the locker room app so that you can jump in our live pancake eating room. And uh, 35 is so many pancakes. That's so many pancakes. It's a lot of pancakes. It's a lot of pancakes. I I trust uh, Queen Mag to make sure that we get you just the appropriate amount. Sir, put keep you healthy, on. keep you moving. Have some cinnamon on them, sugar-free syrup, Kodiak cakes, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be great. I wish we could get like a little ESPN score tracker at the bottom of the live stream of Jalen Suggs points versus pancakes eaten. <laughs> like what's the – I you're going to eat more than points are scored, but like do you think by halftime you've eaten more pancakes than Suggs has scored? Yes. Okay. I will. I'm just excited to see it, man. 35 is a lot. Hey, I'm excited. I'm excited to try. <laughs> oh, we're, we're trying. We're not doing. That's already the mentality. I'm excited to do it. Shut up, man. Damn. All right. Final words uh, before the last college basketball game of the year, Cart. Uh, I'm just glad that we got through the season. Um, glad that this game is about to happen. It's been a challenging year personally for me as a Michigan State basketball fan, but I have enjoyed the tournament and I'm glad that we actually got college basketball and got March Madness this year. So let's finish strong and let's get a good game tomorrow and may the best team win. We might have to do some honorary daily picks, maybe one daily pick to end the season tomorrow. We'll see about that. And also just putting this out there, we're definitely going to need like an end of the year sleepers award show for college hoops. We'll do that. I like that. All right. Bet. The sleepies. The first annual sleepies. First annual sleepies. Um, On a real note, thank you, everybody listening. I know we've had a ton of fun with this. We are not breaking up the band, as we joked about on our April Fool's (laughs) last episode. This is the beginning, hopefully, of a lot more in store. Uh, We are actually talking with some other very creative people on some ways that you might hear the sleepers in other forms than what we're currently doing. I won't hint more than that. Hopefully you'll hear more about it soon. Uh, but there's, there's a lot in the works. You can follow us at sleepers media everywhere. Um, obviously you can see our socials on this video. If you're watching that, uh, get the locker room app. We will be there all the time and we will still be cooking up stuff during the off season. Don't think that this is the last game and this is the last episode. Uh, you can't get rid of us that easily. Hey, off-season sleepers is a scary sight. That's all I'm going to say. Scary sight. All right, Cart, uh, I love you. Thanks for doing this, and enjoy the day. Enjoy the hoops, my man. Peace.